News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And here we are right back at it. It's uh, seven minutes after seven o'clock. By the way, the phone line's already open for your convenience. You have questions for Lior, 613-521-TALK. We are into uh, just about two months of doing this show in our separate locations. Lior, we continue with the social distancing, and they are slowly but surely going to start opening stuff up. And people are going to start getting back to work, but it's almost getting uh, to be normal to walk out and see people so far apart, and the streets are quiet, and the stores are quiet, and everybody's separated. It's hard to believe that exactly a year ago tonight we were hearing this. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Man, oh man, what a year a difference makes, eh? And the subsequent party, the million plus in the streets in Toronto was just, it's, it seems like a, a lifetime ago. It's incredible the change, right? And, you know, I'm a huge uh, Raptors fan. I was at many of the games uh, last year, and, and it is fond memories. It does seem like a lifetime ago. Uh, it is it is one of the things that we all miss, but we're going to get it back. We're going to stick together yeah. through all of this, and it's going to be back before you know it. Most important right now, let's let's stay healthy. Let's take care of each other and our families. Everything else is going to work out just fine. You bet. Uh, we're going to get to this as well. Things to remember when being recalled from a temporary layoff. There you go. So you want to listen for this. Again, phone lines are open, 613-521-TALK. Give us a call over the next hour. Get your questions answered. If you're looking at going back to work or you've been called back, you're unsure about how to navigate that, call the or tonight. Get some uh, get some questions answered for sure. But uh, week though was, what do you got off the hop, pal? Hey, Johnny. Uh, well, I have been uh, quite busy answering a lot of questions. And, and as you said, John, most of the questions that I've been getting over the past week or so have focused on this idea of returning back to work. Uh, but whether I have to go back to work, what happens if I'm scared? What happens if my job is different or change? Or what happens if I don't get called back to work? So, so I've been answering a lot of those questions. So if you have a question about anything to do with your job, whether you've been called back to work or not sure why you're not being called back or you lost your job or your job has changed, whatever it is, give us a call right now. Let's talk about that. Let me answer your questions, solve the issue, hopefully make you feel better. Remember, employment laws are still here. They haven't gone anywhere. Employment laws still apply to you. So we can hopefully t- tell you some things you need to know. And if you don't want to talk on the show, that's okay. Let's talk privately. We'll give you my phone number, email address throughout the show. So don't be bashful. Let's, uh, let's have a chat. Connect with us as soon as possible. But to start off, a couple situations that came across my desk. First one I'll tell you about. I spoke with a lady who, uh, sure enough, was on a temporary layoff for a number of weeks, and she was being called back to work. When she was called back to work, her employer says, well, we really only have two options. Option number one we're going to give you is you can take a 50 call, 50%, John, call it 50% pay cut. Uh, that's option number one. Option number two, if you don't like that, then we're going to give you six weeks notice of termination. Now, she's been with that company for just over six years, uh, almost seven and that's it. That, those are the options. Well, sure enough, she called me and she wanted to know, Leo, my employer told me I have these options, 50% pay cut or six weeks notice of termination. Are those my only options? Well, of course not, John. And you hopefully by now know and hopefully our regular listeners know that that's not the case. Why? Number one, the employer doesn't have the ability to impose 
a pay reduction like that. That's a constructive dismissal. Now, if they decide to terminate, it's not six weeks notice. In fact, she's owed around nine months notice or, or, or severance. So it's not six weeks, it's nine months. So what I told her is this, if you decide not to accept this pay reduction, and I probably wouldn't if I were you, then what you're owed is actually nine months pay. And that's what I'm going to help her get. It's not six weeks. And I wanted to remind everyone about that, that the employer doesn't get to decide uh, how much they have to give you. The law decides. And also, when it comes to your job, you do have a right to your job back, the same pay, the same terms of employment. You don't have to accept the pay reduction. You may choose to. If that's what you want, that's fine. But the general rules that always apply continue to apply now, and that is if you're back to work, your employer is expected to give you the same job, same hours, same pay. And if they don't, yeah, you then may have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Again, 613-521-TALK. Don't be bashful. Get your questions answered here on the show live tonight. You want to email a question? Uh, we can do that. We'll get to some of those if we got time. A little later on, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as uh, Lior mentioned, just call them privately off air if you'd prefer any time. That is 1-855-821-5900. What else, uh, what else is going on, pal? Well, I wanted to talk just a bit more in depth about severance and, and how severance is calculated now because I've been getting this question often. You know, Do the severance rights, the severance laws change because of this pandemic? Does it now mean that because I'm, I'm you know, part of so many people that are being let go, does that mean I get less severance? So here's the answer. Not only, not only does it not mean you're getting less severance if you're losing your job right now, the opposite is true. In fact, because now it's going to take you longer, likely, to find another job than it would have before the pandemic started, that means your severance has to be more. So not only do you still get severance if you are let go, of course you do. You may actually be owed more severance. So the factors are still the same, your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So the longer you work, the older you are in the more senior position, the more the company has to pay. But now there's another factor, and that is the idea that it's going to take you longer to find another job. That means even more severance. So this story I told you about a couple minutes ago when someone was offered six weeks when it should have been nine months, I've been seeing that more and more over the past couple of weeks. So it's that much more important than it ever was to yeah. get that advice if you've lost your job because that delta, the difference between what the company's offering and what you're legally owed could be significant. It, it could be months and months pay. Go to severancepaycalculator.com or, or you reach out to me whenever you want. Let's talk about what you're owed, but you, you may be owed much more than what the company's offering. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The severance pay calculator is wrapped into that particular website and tons of other information as well. And a good reminder as well that uh, your legal rights have not been suspended because of the coronavirus. They are still active. They are still full, and you should be reaching out uh, to take full advantage of Lior and his crew. one 821 5900 is the number anytime. We'll take a short break. Get right back into it here. Your phone calls, 613-521-TALK is the way to go. It's the Employment Law Show. Right here, News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru on News Talk 580, CFRA. 
It is 718. Yeah, lots of time for you to call in, ask your questions about your job, employment, returning to work, or you haven't returned uh, to work for other reasons, uh, including COVID-19. Call us, 613-521-TALK is the way to go. In the meantime, as we uh, get your calls lined up, things to remember when being recalled from a temporary layoff, a perfect time for this particular bit of, uh, of prep and uh, discussion. Lior, number one is this, you have a right to return to a safe workplace. You bet you do. You bet you do, and that, that is the most important thing. And of everything we're going to say tonight, that is really what this is all about, and that is you have a right to a safe workplace. Now, that's true always. It's not just true now when we're dealing with, with COVID-19. You always have a right to work in a, sell, a safe and healthy work environment, but it's that much more important when there's a pandemic. So your employer has to, of course, commit to making sure that all the measures that the government has uh, put forward, they follow. So whether the government says you have to ensure social distancing, people are six feet apart, or if the government says you're only allowed to have this many people in the in the shop, whatever it is, your employer has to follow that direction, all right? And it's not up to them to decide we don't want to, it's too hard. If it's too hard, then they can't open. So you have a right to that workplace, which also means you have a right to ask your employer the question, hey, employer, what have you done to ensure that we're going to be safe? What have you done to minimize our exposure to the, to the virus? You can ask that question. Your employer should be telling you. When you go to work, if you notice that, that uh, social distancing and other measures are not followed, you have a right to talk to your employer about that. You even have a right to refuse work that's unsafe. So your employer has to meet that obligation, and you have a right to call them on it. You cannot be punished, by the way, for calling your employer on not meeting their obligations. So whatever the government says, that's what has to happen. It's not up to uh, to anyone's discretion. You as an employee always, especially now, have a right, an absolute right, to a healthy and a safe work environment. Things to remember when being recalled from a temporary layoff. This one as well, you have a right to earn the same pay, hours of work, and job you had before the layoff. That's right. Uh, You have a right to your job. You have a right to uh, the same job, the same pay, uh, the same hours. And uh, unfortunately, I've been hearing from a lot of people who are told, you know, for business reasons, we're not going to be able to pay you 100%. We're going to pay you 75% or 50 or 60%. Now, despite the fact that the company may have a legitimate business reason as to why they're doing that, they're not picking on you necessarily, even if there's a legitimate reason, it doesn't change what the law is. And the law says that your employer cannot unilaterally reduce your pay or, or really make any other significant changes to the terms of employment. And by the way, when, when I talk about a significant reduction of pay, uh, in pay, what I'm talking about is a reduction of more than 10%. So what happens if your employer does, let's say, reduce your pay or makes another change? Well, now you have that famous choice that you have to make. So what's the choice? Well, you can obviously choose to accept it, continue working, and now you're making 75% or whatever it is. Or you can choose to treat that change, that reduction, as a termination of your employment. We call that constructive dismissal. So it is still a constructive dismissal. That means your company is going to have to pay you severance. You have that choice. But one thing I want you to do is this. If you do decide that you want to accept, you're going to accept the change, you're going to go back to work despite making less money, please, please send your employer an email, okay, saying, employer, I'm going to continue working despite the pay cut, but, employer, I'm only agreeing to this on a temporary basis, and I expect to have my salary increased uh, as soon as we're out of this pandemic. Mm 
If you don't do that, if you simply say, okay, I'll continue working, then there's no obligation on the employer to increase your salary. All right? So you want to protect yourself by telling your employer, no, no, this is just so you know, I'm not agreeing to this indefinitely. I'm only agreeing to this on a temporary basis. If you do that, you protect yourself, but you also have a right to treat it as a constructive dismissal. Do you think there may be an increase in that particular thing about going back to the same job, same pay? And I say that because for the businesses that, you know, God forbid, don't make it through COVID-19, there's going to be tons. But the ones that do, maybe they've got a a shrunken staff. So they're going to take, say, Lior, you're a great guy. I don't want to let you go. But instead of being job number X, I'm going to keep you. But I want you to do job number B instead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're going to see a lot of that. Uh, jobs changing, days changing, the way you do yeah. your job changing, compensation changing. Yeah, it, it's going to happen often. Some of these changes could be a po- could be positive ones, right? I'm not suggesting that it's all bad, not at all. But if you are now going to be accepting a change that you don't want, you're, you, you know, you want to be that good soldier, so you want to only accept it because you know your employer is going through a hard time, great, that's fine. But make sure you say that you're not accepting it forever because if you don't do that, you may find out that now your job has changed for good and you can't do anything about it. So if it's a good change, great. If it's not a good change, please send that note. Again, uh, question 613-521-TALK. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But to call in here, you still got some time. So uh, feel free to do that. Talking about things to remember when being recalled from a temporary layoff, you do not have to sign a new employment contract. That could come with the just point we just made if they try to put you in a new position, right? Yeah, it is a very big thing to to remember this. You do not have to be called back. Uh, when you call, we are called back. You don't have to sign a new employment agreement. For some reason, I've been seeing that quite a few times over the past week or two. Employers saying to employees, "Well, come back, but here's a new employment agreement." Our regular listeners know that it's always a bad idea if your existing employer wants you to sign a new contract out of the blue. It's a bad idea. It's a bad. It's bad news. Because it's never anything good in it for the employee. And the same thing happens right now. There is absolutely no reason for you to sign a new employment agreement. Absolutely no reason if uh, you're going back to work. Your employment simply continues. So why would you sign an employment agreement? There may well be terms in that agreement that limit your future severance or or allow the company to change your job, etc. Do not do that. If you're not sure about the agreement, whether you should sign it or not, let me see it. Send me a copy. You can email it, etc. I'll take a look and I'll tell you. But no, your employer also cannot punish you if you refuse to sign a new employment agreement. So as a general rule, now and frankly forever, if you already are working, if you already have a job and your employer comes to you and says, hey, guess what? Here's a new employment agreement for you to sign. No, not a good idea. Bad idea. You don't want to sign it. You certainly shouldn't be signing it without at least getting some advice first. Well, that, that's a huge thing is, you know, if you're going to at least, you know, have a look at it and maybe consider it, if there's some good things in there for you, you should definitely call you and have you at least have a look at it at all times, right? Yeah, it, it really is that important. Uh, it, it's, you know, a bad employment agreement could literally cost you at some point tens of thousands of dollars, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, man, is that worth a phone call? Uh, yeah, I would say it is. We'll get to a uh, phone call, by the way. You want to get uh, in touch, 613-521-TALK. 613-521-TALK is the number. And uh, we'll get our first call on the air. I don't have a name yet, but that's okay. I'm rushing everything because it's that kind of night. Uh, and so we'll we'll take that call. Hi, uh, who's this? Good evening. No, not ready yet? Oh, okay. We'll just wait. We'll come back to it. Here's <laughs> another one. And I know this, this, this confuses people a little bit with things you want to remember because – 
we're not talking unions here, but your seniority, your seniority does not start back at zero. Describe that. What does that mean? Yeah. So uh, I've been getting a lot of this often. People saying, well, wait a second, Lior. My employer started calling people back to work, but they've called other people and not me. And even though I'm more senior than them, why is that happening? Or can that happen? So for non-union employees, okay, for non-unions and employees, your employer does not have to follow seniority when deciding who to call back to work. Your employer is allowed to decide who they want back and when and what skills they need and what level of experience they need. They don't have to say, well, we'll start with the most senior people, call them back first, and then go to the more junior. They don't, they don't have to do that. So the fact that someone else may have been called, even though you're more senior, and that person got called back, in itself is not wrong. Now, here's one of the things that an employer cannot do. Okay, An employer cannot take discriminatory factors into consideration. Your employer can't simply decide, well, I'm going to only call young people back, or I'm going to only call people back that are of a, a certain ethnicity. That is a human rights violation. That would be completely, completely inappropriate. And if that's what your employer does, yeah, there's definitely something you can do about that. But if they're not being discriminatory, your employer can decide who to call back and in what order. And this one is, is kind of obvious, but we'll get to it before we take a break here. Things to remember when uh, being recalled from a temporary layoff. If you aren't recalled back to work, obviously you are owed severance. Don't forget about that, right? You cannot forget about that, and, and you are owed severance. In fact, you're owed, uh, as I said earlier, a significant amount of severance. If you're not called back to work, if your employer decides you're, you're, that, you know, I don't have a job for you, okay, well, they have to pay severance. Now, the same thing happens even if you don't hear from your employer. If you've been on the layoff and the layoff expired, what I mean by that is if you've been on the layoff for 13 weeks uh, or more, if there's no benefits, or for 35 weeks, if there are benefits, then that layoff now becomes a termination automatically, and your employer has to pay you severance. Despite the fact that the company may be struggling, they have to pay you your full, full severance. So you have to remember that because it's not a situation where you, you can afford to forego severance. You really can't. It may take you longer to find another job, so you need to have that compensation. So if you're not sure how much you're owed, even if you were just curious, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca or give me a call, but you are owed severance if you're not called back to work. And reach out to Lior, 1-855-821-5900. Your email's coming up too, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But to call through here on the station for the remaining time tonight, 613-521-TALK, Employment Law Show, News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer, Lior Samfiru, on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is uh, 7.34. You still got tons of time to call through, ask your questions about your job being recalled back to work. Maybe you're still off because of COVID-19 or put on a temporary layoff or you're just not sure what's going on. A lot of cloud and, 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 and you know stuff there you can't see when it comes to your employment call. That's it. It's simple to get some answers. 613-521-TALK. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. We are talking about uh, things to remember when being recalled from a temporary layoff. If an employee feels unsafe to return to work, does he still have to return? Because we've had lots of calls about that in the past. We have, and certainly that's one of the most common questions that I've been getting, saying, okay, well, I, my company said, yeah, good news, come back Monday, but I'm not comfortable. I don't want to go back Monday, and you know, I'm, I'm still concerned about the virus, and I think that's legitimate completely. So here's how that works. 
Now, as long as your employer meets the safety requirements and the safety standards that the government has put forward, as long as they do that, you actually do have the obligation to go to work. Even though you may feel unsafe, you have that obligation. And the concern here is this. If you decide, well, you know what, I, I'm not going to do it. I, I don't want to come back to work. That's fine. But if you do that, you may be considered to have resigned from your employment, number one, so you would lose your job. And number two is you would uh, then lose your benefits from the government, the CRB or the EI. So you, you would be left without income. So I don't want anyone to simply say, hey, I'm not going into work. I'm not comfortable. So be it. Here's what you do instead. Uh, talk to your employer. Let them know about your concerns. Most employers are going to be reasonable. They're going to want to work with you. Maybe they'll allow you to work from home. Maybe they'll allow you to continue to stay off work without considering you to have resigned. Ask the question. Be reasonable. Tell them why you're concerned. So that's option number one. But there are two categories of people that can also stay home no matter what, and that is this. First is if you have school-age children. If you have kids that, that, that live with you, your kids that now don't have school or, or daycare because uh, schools and daycares are closed, you're allowed to stay home with them. Uh, you can stay home with them as long as needed, and that's not a resignation. You can't be fired for it, and you can also continue getting your government benefits. So right off the bat, if you have kids and they're off school, you can stay home if you, if you choose. Second category is if you have a medical condition that may make you more susceptible to getting the virus, maybe your immune system is compromised or, or there's other, another medical condition, speak to your doctor. If your doctor gives you a note saying, no, don't go to work, give your, that note to your uh, employer and that protects you. That means that's not a resignation. You can't be fired for it. Uh, and you can continue getting benefits. So speak to your doctor if there's a medical condition. It's up to your doctor. Your doctor has to make that decision. But if your doctor mm -hmm. agrees that you should be off work, then that's fine. So keep those things in mind. Talk to your employer. Uh, talk uh, to, uh, to your doctor. And if you have kids, you can stay home. But if you don't, if none of these things apply to you and you simply decide, I'm not going to work, Obviously, you can do that, but that may be a resignation. You may lose benefits. So be smart about it. And if you're not sure what to do or how to deal with it, by all means, please give me a call. What does someone do if they, you know, they attempt or they, you know, they got a, they just got a feeling their spidey sense is telling them that something's wrong at work. That's why they don't want to go back. And they go there, and maybe the proper social distancing isn't being taken care of. Maybe if the job requires some sort of PPE or sanitize, sanitizing, that's not being done. I mean, officially they have to go back, but who do they call? Well, uh, here's the thing. I, I said right at the beginning of the show that the most fundamental obligation that an employer has is to keep workplace safe. And right now it does mean uh, allowing social distancing, ensuring that things are clean and sanitized, etc., uh, and making sure there are not too many people in the workplace. So if your employer right. doesn't do that, you do have a right to refuse work legally. So first of all, speak to your employer, tell them your concern, and say, I'm, I can't work unless these issues are fixed. Your employer then has to fix those issues. If they they try to and they don't do a good job or they don't fix them, then your employer legally has to call in an inspector from the Ministry of Labor who will decide whether, in fact, the work is safe. In the meantime, you still have to get paid, and in the meantime, you don't get let go because of it. So that's very important to remember. If your employer is not meeting its obligation, you have a right to refuse that unsafe work, and I'm going to say beyond that, you should refuse that work. You know, mm -hmm. we, we don't want you to work in an unsafe environment because not only are you putting yourself at risk, you can be putting others at risk. So you do have a right to refuse unsafe work, and you cannot be penalized for doing that. 
questions, 613-521-TALK. You want to call for the remainder of the show tonight, you can do so. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And by the way, when uh, we're not doing the show and Lior's still around either by the phone call, you also have the option of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That is a very, very uh, robust website with everything to do with employment law, including the severance pay calculator. There's a section on disability there as well. If you haven't been there, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Go. Have a look. Spend some time. It's uh, free. Can't pay for it if you want to, but it's absolutely anonymous. But there is a contact button at the top right if you so choose to use that. So I want to get on to an email here. This is Sean. Sean says, guys, my employer decided to scrap the bonus plan for all employees. I usually get 10K a year bonus. What can I do? Yeah, it's a lot of money, and it's a question that yeah. I've been getting often about bonus plans. You know, It almost seemed like that they're the first ones to, to go uh, when – People are called back to work right now. So, so here's the thing: it, it, if your compensation is is reduced by more than 10 percent, I said this before, that is not something your employer is allowed to do. So, if you, the scrapping of the bonus means your total compensation is reduced by more than 10 percent, that is actually illegal. They can't do that. So, that means that you have a right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Now, it's interesting when I keep saying certain things are illegal, such as reducing your pay or changing your compensation structure. The fact that it's illegal does not mean that you can stop your employer. There's no government agency that you can call who's going to stop your employer from doing that. All that means is that you have a choice to treat that as a termination of your employment and say, no, no, because you did that, I'm out of here, but you, employer, have to pay me severance. So a bonus that you regularly get that's a part of your compensation cannot whether it's because of COVID or for any other situation, just be taken away. That's a big change in the terms of employment. It's not something an employer is allowed to do. You have a right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Six one three five two one. Talk. We'll uh, move over to the uh, the phone call here. Got uh, got Leo on the line. Hey, Leo. Good evening. How are you? Good. You guys good? Uh, yeah, uh, I have a question. I was I was working for um, a utility company here in Ottawa. And I worked for them a long, long time. And uh, the, the, what happened? I was, uh, I was sick about a year and a half ago, so I wasn't able to go back to work. So, and I decided to retire. And I'm not sure if I was entitled to severance um, with the, to the severance. So, if if an employee retires for their reason, then no, an employee does not get severance. Severance is paid if a company decides to let you go or if a company decides that there's no work for you, that's when severance has to be paid. If, if the decision not to work is yours, whether it's for family reasons, medical reasons, or any other reason, if it's your decision, then no, a company does not have to pay you severance. Okay. It's just because uh, I was, uh, I fell sick, eh? I cannot, and then uh, I, took, I took some time off. And uh, well, then I decided to not to go back to work. And uh, but the company I was work for the union, a unionized company. Yes. So I was. Yeah. Not no. So severance, You could have gone back to work because you could have stayed off off of, on the leave for a long time, even a couple of years potentially. But obviously, you you made the decision not to go back, which is a hundred percent your decision. But no, unfortunately, the company doesn't have to pay you anything in this situation. Okay, but even if it's a unionized company. Even then, yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. So, uh, because that's it. Okay, that's thank you. We, Bye. That's all we got for you, Leo. Thanks, pal. Uh, union workers. There you go. We got uh, time for another email. We'll slip that in before the call. Six one three five two one. Talk, uh, Beth. 
Question here says, I work in retail. My employer is continuing to pay me during the temporary store closure. However, this past week, they told us to come into the uh, store for at least one shift a week. Otherwise, we will either have to take an unpaid temporary leave of absence or quit. Do I have to go to work? Yeah, I, I'm always bothered because it's it's nonsense. But the company says, your option is to do this or to quit. No. Your employer never gets to decide if you quit. The only person that gets to decide if you quit is you, right? I can't tell you, well, you have to do this or you quit. I can say you have to do this or I'm letting you go, but it's not a quit. So if your employer says do this or or we let you go, well, then they have to pay severance. Her employer, even though they've been generous in paying her while she's been off, despite that generosity, can't now decide that she's only going to be working one day or, or reduce her hours or, and, and pay significantly. So she can either accept that or if her employer doesn't want her there now, then they have to pay her severance. So it's not a quit. It's not a resignation. So for all of you out there as well, if your employer says, uh, you know, you, you have to quit or you do this or you quit, no. The answer is I'm not quitting. You can make the decision, employer, to let me go, but then you have to pay me severance. Why ever would you quit because someone else says so? Only time you quit is if you decide you don't want to work there anymore. If you decide you want to do something else, the company doesn't get to make that decision. For in this situation, for Beth, it's a constructive dismissal. They don't have a right to uh, impose that type of change. And if, as a, uh, if her refusal to accept that means they let her go, okay. But full severance has to get paid. That's not a resignation. It's amazing, too, because for the people that accept that and do that, because often they're thinking wrongly as well, I'd rather resign because they told me to than being fired because it's on my quote-unquote permanent record, which is like, oh, my gosh, that's such the wrong way to think, right? Yeah, no, per, uh, uh, there's no such thing as permanent record. You know, we're not back in high school when there's a, a record. <laughs> none of that applies. So oh, I know. that's a huge, huge misconception. It's not better than to quit than to be let go. It's not yeah. better at all. In fact, if you quit, not only are you not helping yourself, you're, in fact, you're not going to get any EI or any other benefits. So why, why would you do that? There's no record. The record of employment is only a document that you use to apply for EI, and you only get EI if the company lets you go. So whenever a company says it's better for you to quit, nonsense. Call them on it. That's a lie. It's not true at all. You are better off to be let go so that you you can get your severance, get your EI. That's the way it is. Beautiful. 613-521-TALK is the number. Call now. Still have some time. We'll take a wee break here, get right back into it, and we'll uh, go back to emails as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. This is the Employment Law Show. It's on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is 748, which means you still have some time to make that phone call quickly here to the station, ask your questions, get some peace of mind, 613-521-TALK, and we'll also get the emails as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. You want to call after the show and have more of a uh, private conversation with Lior and his team, one 821 5900 is the way to do that. You go to employmentlawyer.ca as well. Uh, Jennifer writes in, says, uh, I'm a hairstylist and my work is hoping to reopen later this month. I'm concerned because I'm a commission-based employee and I believe my hours will be cut significantly, making it impossible to earn the same income that I did prior to COVID-19. What do I do? 
So this is a very interesting question, certainly when it comes to commissions. Uh, you know, if you're a commissioned employee, you're, you're dependent on being able to have people to, to sell to, to, to earn commissions from. So if your employer is the one that's cutting your hours and that's why you're not earning commission, well, that goes back to constructive dismissal. Your employer is changing the terms of employment. They're the ones saying you're going to work less hours. So because of that, if you're making less money, yeah, guess what? Uh, constructive dismissal, you at least have a right to treat that like that and uh, you can leave with severance. On the other hand, if your employer is not touching your hours, but you're you're simply not as busy, right? Because there's not as many people there, uh, not as many opportunities to to sell and earn commissions, then it's not in that case something your employer is doing, and then it's not a constructive dismissal, even though you're going to be making less money. One of the issues, of course, always with commission is there's ebbs and flows based on how the economy is doing, based on the needs of, of of the people you're selling to, so your income can go up and down. But it's a question of, is your commission lower now because of something that's happening in the outside world or because the company decided that they're going to reduce hours? If the company decides to reduce hours, if the company decides to give you less opportunity to sell, then that is something that's illegal. It's a constructive dismissal. If that's not what they're doing and you're simply making less money because there's not as many uh, clients, for example, then unfortunately that's not much you can do uh, about that. So let's go back to the first example that Jennifer writes in about. Say it is the uh, she is a commission-based employee, but it is the workplace that is cutting back the hours. So it's a constructive dismissal so she can get severance. Now, being a commission-based person, uh, as you say, uh, income can fluctuate. How do you negotiate and how do you adjust for severance if she's looking to do that? That's a great question. And the severance for commissioned employees is simply based on their average earnings. So depending on how long Jennifer has been there, we would either look at one, two, or three-year average. Uh, and whatever that average is, so let's say on average she makes $50,000 a year. Well, we're going to use that $50,000 a year figure to calculate her severance. So if she's owed six months pay, then, well, that's $25,000. Right. So we would always look at an average. Uh, we, we, we're not going to pick a number at random. It's not going to be the highest or the lowest number. It's going to be an average. And so it's very, very simple to calculate, actually. Again, 613-521-TALK. you still got some time here to make a phone call to the radio station tonight. Ask a question live. Uh, if not, email help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lisa, next one up. Lisa says, Lior, I'm a uh, marketing manager for a local company. The company is implementing a number of measures because of COVID-19, the first being telling us to take two vacation days per week for the month of May. Am I obliged to accept this? Yeah, the old vacation question. And every right. single time, you know, someone is being told when to take vacation, that's going to make you unhappy. No one wants sure. to be told when to take vacation. We, we have plans. We want to decide. And, you know, a lot of people have had plans to take vacation this summer. They've canceled those vacations and maybe planning to take them, uh, you know, later in the year. But the bottom line is the employer is still the one that's allowed to decide when you take your vacation. A lot of people are going to be surprised by that, and that's because most employers don't use that power. They say, yeah, we could tell you when to take vacation, but we're going to let you decide because that way you can plan with your husband or your wife or whatever it is to make sure that you can all go together. But no, despite this, your employer can choose when you take vacation. So in this particular situation, this email that you read, yeah, if her employer is telling her you have to take vacation days on these days over the next few weeks, Unfortunately, there's not much that can be done about that. Now, she can certainly talk to her employer and maybe suggest some other uh, other ideas, 
But generally, and the bottom line is an employer can choose when you take vacation, and more and more employers are using that power now, telling their employees that we need you to use up your vacation now, uh, and if that's what your employer does, that is something that is legal. Will is up next. Will says, I've worked for a company for five years in a sales position. It was just like go. They consider me to be an independent contractor. I worked exclusively for them, full-time, but did not have an office, and I paid my own expenses. Am I entitled to severance? So, John, th- this comes down to whether or not uh, he was Will was an employee misclassified as a contractor or whether he was truly a contractor. And our regular listeners know that this is a very common situation where people get misclassified as contractors when they're not really that. So if you have a regular job, you are an employee, it doesn't matter what you call yourself. And the only one that gets to decide if you're an employee or a contractor is the law. The law decides that. The law looks at a number of factors, and it doesn't matter what you think you are, what the company you work for thinks you are, what document you sign. It doesn't even matter how you pay your taxes. If you look like an employee and act like an employee, you are an employee. Now, for this person, I believe Will, after five years, if he has a regular job uh, with them, he's likely, almost certainly, going to be an employee. So now, if he's now going to be let go if, or, or anything happens to him, the company has to pay him severance like an employee. Now, I, want, I, I actually really want to focus on this because we know that individuals are losing jobs. We heard what the unemployment numbers are. They're huge. But what's, what we're not being told are how many people are actually being let go that supposedly are independent contractors, but they're not really. And that's important because individuals that are independent contractors don't get severance. If you're misclassified as an independent contractor, but you're not, you are owed severance. And that can mean months and months pay. So if you think you're an independent contractor, don't be so sure about that. You know what you do? Just go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Again, it's pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We have an independent contractor tool there that allows you to find out for yourself if you really are an employee or a contractor. Take seconds to use, and by the way, completely free, completely anonymous, no strings attached, and then you know. And you want to know that because you may, unfortunately, in the current climate, lose that job of yours. And the difference between being an employee and, and being an independent contractor can mean months and months pay. So do the right thing. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca or call me, and I can help you figure out what you are. Chances are, probably 80 90% chance that you are really an employee in the eyes of the law. Yeah. Still got a couple minutes here. Got to squeeze it in quick if you're going to for a phone call. Uh, Melissa, in that regard, first, though, with her email, says, uh, I've been off work for four years due to a medical condition. My doctor has now cleared me to return to work, but the company says my position no longer exists. What are my rights? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, and, and we talk often about being able to be off work as long as you need to if you have a legitimate medical condition. Well, yeah, she, Melissa's been off for four years. So, yes, she is allowed to be off for four years, and she's still an employee. Now that she's ready to come back to work, if her employer doesn't have a job for her, the question becomes, do they really not have a job for her, or are they just not wanting to bring her back because she was off for so long? If they're not really trying to bring her back, then potentially that's a human rights violation. It's, it's illegal. So not only would they have to pay her severance, they may owe her human rights damages. On the other hand, if they legitimately don't have a job for her, they look, they tried, but there's just nothing available, she's been gone a while, 
then they can terminate employment, but they have to pay severance. Now, even if though she's been away for four years, she is still owed severance. Even though she's been away for four years, doesn't mean she lost her job, doesn't mean she quit or abandoned her job. Not only that, John, the four years that she's been off on a disability counts towards her seniority. I'll give you an example that may sound silly, but that's how the law works is, let's say she only worked for the company for one year, and let's say then she, she had a medical condition or an injury, and she was off for another four years. Well, now she's a five-year employee, yeah. even though she really only actually physically worked for one year. So when it comes to severance, the severance is going to be based on her five years of seniority. So if you lost your job after being away for a while, uh, whether you try to come back to work or, or not, potentially a human rights violation, but certainly severance is owed to you. Uh, and for Melissa, she could be owed months and months pay. Definitely, definitely worth giving us a call. Final thoughts here as we uh, taper off, man, uh, when it comes to coming back to work after COVID-19, because a lot of people, hopefully for their benefit, their financial benefit, will be coming back very soon. That's right. And remember, you do have to go back to work if your employer implements safety measures that the government has put uh, together. If they do that, you do have to go back to work, even though you may be feeling uncomfortable. Uh, Talk to your employer if you still don't want to. Talk to your doctor if there's a medical condition, uh, but don't just decide not to show up to work. Remember, you do have a right to be safe. You have a right to refuse unsafe work. Your employer can't just unilaterally change your job, change your hours. If they do, that's a constructive dismissal in most cases. And, of course, if you're not called back to work or if you lose your job, you are owed severance. It could be significant and likely a heck of a lot more than what the company realizes they have to pay or believes that they have to pay you. So give us a call if any of those situations apply to you. There's no bad questions. I'm always happy to talk and help. Great stuff. Good way to wrap it up for the night. Appreciate you listening and your emails as well. You want to reach out now, one 855 is the way to go. That email address that we use is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as we referred to it a few times tonight, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is an amazing website, absolutely free and anonymous, ton of information there. Always look at it before you even make that phone call. We'll catch you here again next week, Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA.